So have any of your uh, friends listened to the, our, uh, our interview? I think so. I don't have too many friends, but I think one did. Oh, that's cool. Hey, one's better than nothing, right? <laughs> that's right. That's what they say. Unless, no, yeah, right. unless it's Herbie's, then you definitely, none is better. Yeah. Oh, I missed something here. <laughs> Vic's at a weird time. Yeah, Vic's Herbie. <laughs> I'm looking forward to uh, to discussing the metal albums of the 90s. Yeah, yeah this is an interesting be... little mm-hmm. trip back. It's going to be a good list, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I tried to throw some uh, some little bit more obscure stuff on here and there just to mix nice. it up a little bit. Just to be contrary because you can. Yeah. yeah, you know, you know, it's the way to do it. I did mine differently too, because that's because I wanted to be a dick. Like being a, like, well, that's part of metal, you know. That's right. Well, Mark, as our producer, has really, really failed to, uh, you know, <laughs> let let you know exactly how this was going to go. Man, you're supposed to prep our guests. It, well, it makes for a more interesting thing when somebody's completely <laughs> off guard. And there was some confusion there, and that's why Mark said, "Yeah, that's what I want you to do it because you know there's got to be some agony in metal." Now that we got our incontinence issues out of the way, gentlemen. Yeah. Okay, you got your bag. I got my bag emptied. I got my sack. Yeah, your sack is emptied. All right. Yeah, I had a little help with it. Yeah. All right. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. That pause was a little too long. Like you're gonna do the thing. Okay. Yeah. Begin. I just like to have a couple seconds to trim. <laughs> to compose yourself. Yeah. Get in character. Get into character, Mark. Let's do this. I am Montag, master of illusion. What goes up must come down, but not always. Hey, I'm Chop Top. Slugmeister. And Vic. And you are listening to... Heavy, heavy metal. metal. All right. Uh, today's show, we're talking about top metal albums of the 90s. Um, I'll start things off. And my number 10, I actually changed last minute. I really struggled with 10th one, even though they're similar. Uh, some of the members actually exist in this other band, but Pantera, Vulgar Display of Power. Mm-hmm. 1992. Um, I first time I ever heard Pantera. Uh, I never heard guitar playing like that in my life. Uh, from Dime, Dimebag Darrow, uh, rest his soul. Um, it was just groundbreaking. Mouth for War, this love, a uh, walk, such a metal anthem. Um, uh, powerful vocals. Production was fantastic. I think Terry Date produced the album. I made her first two. Uh, he worked a lot in a lot of other metal metal bands, and I think he might have worked with Russia, too. Um, yeah, the, the the drum, you know, Vinnie Paul's the drummer. Um, they were just a monster band, and honestly, I think probably one of the saviors of metal through the '90s. Metal totally went underground. Yeah, I, I mm-hmm. at least for lead guitar, I, that that the impact that Dimebag Daryl had on players. Uh, I mean. Full disclosure, I'm not a huge Pantera fan, but what he did for players in the 90s, he saved a dying breed. He made a lot of kids want to play guitar, you know, past the 12th fret again. And that's that's special. That's very important. He had a massive impact on a whole crop of players coming up. So that's very important. Yeah, in Texas, you know, where him and his brother grew up and stuff, uh, actually, they were in studio sessions with Stevie Ray Vaughan. I was playing right there with oh, Stevie. Wow. And I was like, wow, what an impressive as a kid, can you imagine, you know? Right. And then you come into your own as a, as a guitar hero yourself. Yeah. Very, uh, yeah, very influential for the next wave of uh, guitar players. And got kids more inspired. And I truly believe we're partly responsible for keeping the metal flame alive during the 90s. Yeah. 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 Fantastic band. I'm not a big fan. I remember, uh, you know, Slunk Meister. I know you love him. We used to mm-hmm. listen to the album mm-hmm. in your room. Uh, it just just uh wasn't a sound that i liked it was something really extra dry and crunchy about it that didn't appeal to me but um and I'm, i've never been a fan of those always that screamy vocals but um i i get it i understand it's aggressive it'll punch you right in the nuts so uh i understand the appeal just uh, wasn't wasn't my thing but i appreciate it 
Uh, my number 10, 1993's Tool, Undertow. Oh, good one. Uh, yes, it was a, such a new and exciting sound. Um, I know it's not their first record, but the first thing I'd heard, it was the first real commercial success for Tool. And uh, Maynard's voice is just so different. And uh-huh. although I liked the, about the music, it was it was syncopated rhythms and powerful, dark, and swirling, and these really tight melodies. Um, you know, with songs Intolerance, Prison Sex, Sober, which was their big single, um, Bottom, Crawl Away, Swamp Song. Uh, just a really powerful album. And and I like this band because they got, in some ways, they got better as they went, but then they became really self-indulgent too. <laughs> so, And they, they could have cut some of the shit uh, from, their, from their later albums. But this album, for me, uh, definitely it's, it's strong and powerful, man. You hear that, Maynard? You could have cut some of the shit from your later records. <laughs> One of those rare bands that like carved out their own niche, that popular at the yeah. same time. Some band, but, but they're, it, it's such you're, a weird my niche. battery that... looks like it's getting low. I'm not the jack where I can do both. Uh, yeah, I'm translate too well. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll hang out as long as I can. Where the fuck did I go? Anyway. Oh, thanks for letting us know. I, uh, I tried not to duplicate band. Like, I tried not to have like two of the same band. Uh, you know, you got a decade's worth of music here, so I broke it down by year. Uh, so I can still arrange this, though, and probably my favorite one. Um, on my list, uh, at, in 1992, Motorhead's March or Die um, actually recently got that record and uh, was really floored. It was very exciting for me to listen to it because it kind of had the same vibe as, you know, the late 90s in terms of production and songwriting. Um, you know, I don't know. I was really, really into it. You know, he does that. He does that cover of Hellraiser on there, which is which is cool, you know, because, you know, he wrote, you know, my mom coming home. And uh, so, you know, Ozzy and him doing the, the swap offs there kind of with with music. I don't know. I like that album because it, it's I think while it's 92, not my favorite year. I just like that vibe. It's nostalgic. Um, and again, I think the songwriting is really cool. But, you know, not not Motorhead fans favorite record by any means, but. You know, for me, just recently having acquired it, I was like, this is a good record. And it because I was doing it chronologically, it fell in. So I, I'm going to put that at number 10 for me. Um, but I, I definitely wasn't anticipating it sounding and being as good as it was. And again, I, I find something I like on most Motorhead records, but that one was a standout one to me. Maybe a little more commercial for most of their fans, but I don't know. I really enjoyed it. Very nice. Slunkmeister. Okay, number 10 for me. So, yeah, another band, I think, that uh, somewhat carved out a, a bit of a niche for themselves, uh, sound-wise, especially with this album. Uh, 1995, Fear Factory, Demanufacture. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, awesome. Like, this really interesting mix of industrial, techno, you know, speed, death metal. You know, uh, interesting mix of clean vocals and, and death vocals. Uh, that industrial sort of uh, vibe underneath it all was really cool uh, especially if you had a really nice sound system you know I had a nice sound system at the time some nice woofers and they, they had some really cool bass parts in those but yeah really great uh great album unique kind of uh, groundbreaking i think at the time um so yeah i listened to a lot i listened to that a lot uh Oddly, I didn't, you know, I, I kind of tailed off on Fear Factory uh, in later years, but uh, this album grabbed me for sure in 95. Listen to that one a lot. So that's 10 for me, Fear Factory. Uh, back right. to you, Chop Top. Yeah, number nine, uh, I'm picking uh, Merciful Fate Into the Unknown, 1996. Uh, I remember me and Montag saw him on a show, and this was, I think it was the Agora Ballroom, and yeah. I remember it was complete fucking chaos. I remember they, they like chandeliers down with like plywood hanging out. There's chicks on there hanging and swinging from it, and dudes, it was just incredible. I was waiting show. for someone to die. I really was. <laughs> yeah, it was like, oh my god. Um, but uh, I think powerful production. Uh, it's classic fate sounding. Um, highlights: uh, uninvited guests, the ghosts of change, um, the title track, fifteen men in a bottle of rum is very interesting, and holy water. You know. I don't want your holy water. It makes it me makes burn. Me burn. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but but uh, King's always, you know, classic anyways. If you already see him with Fader, you see him on his own. Right. And uh, what a show. What a show. And what an album. I thought it was just uh, a complete album. For nice. My number yeah. nine. It, nice. It's a great album. One of my favorites of the Merciful Fate. Joel, I kind of forgot about those guys. <laughs> I'm glad you brought uh, that up. 
Yeah, you have to get back into them. Yeah, they got some, yeah, a lot of good absolutely. music. Absolutely, a lot of good. Yeah, music. yeah. I listened to a lot. lot. Riffs, man, riffs for days. Mm-hmm. I just recently listened to Nine, and I was like, mm-hmm. "Damn, these though. fucking riffs, man!" Yeah, that opening we track, Germany, just man. ridiculous, man. Like, just oh ridiculous. My God, it's just yeah, it's insane. Yeah, they're they're so awesome. Uh, nice. My number nine, nineteen ninety three again, uh, Nirvana in utero. Which nice. uh, I nice. I uh, I wasn't crazy about Nevermind, but when this album came out, it's big, it's raw, it's like sonically rough compared to that clean poppy <clears throat> Nevermind. I mean, you got songs like like Heart Shaped Box, which is just uh, just big in your face, uh, Rape Me, um, Dumb, Milk It, Friendly Radio or Radio Friendly Unit Shifter. I just love that song. It's just a song that makes you just want to just it's a hard, aggressive, as heavy as any other metal album I can think of. Uh, this this grunge metal sound. Um, I think it's their best work. And uh, so sad what happened to Kurt Cobain afterwards. But but my God, this album was just just stellar. And it is thirty years later. It's still every bit as good and fresh sounding um, as it was it was then. So there's there's my number nine. Nice, good pick. Thank you. Pick. Pick. Off to we you, still man. Got you. Yeah, we number nine. I'm number still nine. here. I'm still around. I'm going to go with the uh, 96 Halloween's Time of the Oath. Mm. Again, I'm throwing this together like last second because I did it wrong. So I'm just <laughs> scrambling to try to figure out because these are all I love all these records. You know, I made sure they were ones I like. Time of the Oath has a lot of my favorite Halloween songs on it. Um, 96 was a weird year trying to find something in 96. So I was happy to have uh, stumbled across that, you know, and uh, for the life of me, I'm I'm dropping the songs that i know that there's at least half the record i really enjoyed because i when i pulled it out i was like i got to make sure that some of these songs um stand out tracks and I'm, I'm drawing a blank right now uh forgive me but that one that one did top because you know there again the 90s had a lot of real weird years that had like you know 97 was a pretty good year for metal there was a lot of metal uh, releases that year and a lot of them were really good um 96 was a weird year so that was a tough one for me to find and i know that's not playing playing by the rules correctly so i, I wouldn't even ran into this issue if i'd have been doing this right but that's that's my that's my gonna be my number nine i think that's strike Pretty two cool, right. nice. i know i know i'm going well when my yeah yeah I'm, I'm gonna get that third strike don't you worry <laughs> i'm gonna get as much as i can get in before my battery dies that's, that's right. right that's right yeah <laughs> All right, Slunkmeister. Yeah, number nine for me, uh, 1998, uh, Iced Earth, Something something Wicked This Ooh, Week. Oh, yes. great record. Uh, love this band. Love this record. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, this one, uh, coming off of Dark Saga, the band got kind of a, they got some criticism here for kind of going light. I mean, their early stuff, uh, Night of the Storm Rider, Burnt Offerings, really heavy stuff. So Dark Saga was pretty a pretty big departure. Great album. I still love it. But um, mm-hmm. So they ramped it up a bit here, you know, a bit more, a little yeah. heavier. Yeah, Burning Times is a great song, man. Yeah, yeah, great song. Great song to play live. Guitar, just good, <laughs> yeah, yep. just one of those songs you crank to 11 and bang your head because, uh, yeah, just great tracks throughout. Uh, yeah, something interesting here on this album, the last three tracks, that Something Wicked sort of story that Schaefer came up with, this sort of alternate earth. Right. The story, the end the of the trilogy, world. Right. Yeah. 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 So yeah, and then later he would build on that with uh, mm-hmm. Crucible of Man, uh, the, or no, Framing Armageddon first. Yeah. Yep. And uh, at that point, Ripper Owens had joined them, and so right. he re re recorded that original trilogy with Ripper on vocals. Right. Presumably for continuity. Mm-hmm. Reasons. Yeah. yeah. As a little EP. Want to interject that Framing we all Armageddon. know John Schaefer does some silly things, so. <sighs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the most volatile lineup, man. You'll be lucky you'll be able to, by yeah. the time he gets free, you'll be lucky you'll be able to read a, record a fucking album in a garage. So, unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately, so so yeah well, all, all that aside. But, yeah, well, yeah, really. Nonetheless, really. great uh, great uh, discography track list. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Separate, it's, yeah separate the albums. art from the artist. That's not that difficult. Yeah, they're fine. Right mm-hmm. It's a crazy right band. It's like Iron mm-hmm. Maid on steroids. So, yeah. You know, in a lot of ways, they were just very, yeah, he, just yeah, super fucking heavy and crisp. And yeah, love really Barlow's awful. vocals, just an yeah. awesome, 
Yeah, awesome. Shaper's Singer. Shaper's riffing was was really influential on me early yeah. on. I mean, uh, okay. I, I learned how to play Iced Earth, and I learned how to play you know Burning Times. Those are songs that I was just like, I'm you know, Iced Earth in particular was like, I got to figure this song out, man. That that picking's too cool, man, and yeah. and it had a massive impact on me. It was like you know that, and and, and so I I always you know. The guy might might be a little crazy sometimes, but he wrote some great music, and and uh, that's that's all mm-hmm. I'm concerned with. Super yeah. fast staccato yeah. just unbelievable yeah. rhythm- yep. rhythmically. Unbelievable. Super unique. He he was there again. That was very unique picking style. People yeah. weren't doing that. The way that he his attack was very unique. His his uh, picking rhythms. I mean, it it you can listen to Master Puppets and you can listen to Artillery's By Inherence, all the tech thrash stuff, and it still wasn't like that. John was doing something different. Right on, man. Cutting edge. Doing something, yeah, doing something different. So really, really cutting edge. Now, Vic, if you uh, headphones go out, plug them in, charge them up as much as you can and come back in, okay? So (laughs) I don't want you to, like, leave and not come back if you can. Don't worry. Don't don't worry about me. Don't you worry about me. We want right. you to hear our list. Don't you forget about Vic. You know? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. So that, All right. That was my nine. Chop Top, you're number nine. All right. What do you got for us? Uh, well, oh, well, number eight, eight, actually. Number eight, yeah. Um, King Diamond. Oh, you started. Yeah, sorry about that. It's all right. King Diamond, 1998, Voodoo. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Such a good uh, one. Loa House, Voodoo, one down, two to go. Maybe my favorite Oof, track on the yeah. Cross of Bear and Semity. I uh, saw this show again with Montag, and uh, yeah. it it crushed. And literally, we were crushed because we were right yeah. against the security barrier. I remember I had bruises from the back of my top of my yeah. neckline down to my waist for like a week. That pit was yeah, insane. That one kid wow. came down and kicked kick me in the head. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he was a little, he was a little guy out of the air out of nowhere. Were, cracked yeah. me in the fucking noggin. I had a little blood going down right across my, my left eyebrow or something. Like well, we were talking son. to the security guard in front of us who saw it all happen. We've been talking to him the whole night. He was just super, mm-hmm. super cool. And I said, "Hey, next time that that little fuck comes by, let us know. I'm going to take care of it." He said, "All right." So he comes around this time, not feet first, but head first. So I grabbed him by the collar. I picked him up and I just threw him down on the ground next to the next to the, where the bouncer was. He just kind of lay there, crumpled for a few seconds. And- Got up and limped off. I never saw him again. <laughs> he I, learned his lesson. I said, "Thanks. Uh, Let me take care of it, man." Yeah, but yeah. That, that, the reason for that, that album is just a uh, pit story. Yeah. Another, another great, great album, and just is his whole discography of King. It's a great album. Me, One and, of Mark, the best me and Montag are very big fans, yeah. and uh, we've seen him multiple times live, and uh, always puts on a fantastic show. And, yeah, man, what a storyteller. Yeah, with those those albums. So speaking of, have you seen the graphic novel, Abigail graphic novel coming out? I just seen it advertised. I am yeah, very yeah. interested in getting that. That looks mm-hmm. wicked. Oh, very yeah. nice. Mm-hmm. All right, no, my number eight, nineteen ninety five, Anthrax, Stomp four four two. They were really coming into their sound with John Bush on this album, and Random Acts of Senseless Violence fueled King Size. Uh, riding shotgun, perpetual motion, just a monster of an album. It just from Tester, top to Tester, yeah. that last one. Oh, Ooh, yeah, it, it's a really such a powerful album. And I think a lot of people weren't giving him a chance when John Bush came in because he's he, he's not Joey Belladonna. It's a different, completely different sound. Yeah, but boy, did they make it work. And um, just, I think that's their, my favorite album of the John Bush years because uh, it's so aggressive. Such a big sounding album. Yeah. Great pick. All right, Vic. Number eight for me. Here I go, scrambling. Going to pick one. Um, you know, I'm going to go with 94's uh, Bolt Thrower for Victory because, let's be honest, uh, the 90s really belonged to extreme metal um, in, in the genre. Uh, black metal and, and death metal is kind of what ruled the day in, in the underground in, throughout the 90s. Um, and Bolt Thrower, I wasn't really big into death metal for a really long time, and it took me – took me years and I had you know, one off stuff here and there and I kept it for posterity's sake. Um, now I enjoy it now. So I'm glad I hung on to it. But bull thrower was at something entirely different, man. This is just the embodiment of war in, a, in, in music. And I'm, if I'm not terribly mistaken, I mean, a lot of their song lyrical content is, is a Warhammer themed if I'm not grossly mistaken. Um, and I could be, but uh, for Victory was my first foray into their sound. Uh, bought it used for like five bucks, and I was like, "This is fucking great! This is great!" And I've I've been a fan of like, you know, them since. Uh, 
got to see their last show in Canada uh, several years ago. Uh, at the, I think it was the London Music Hall. Razor opened up. I mean, what a fucking show, man. It was insane. It was awesome. And I love them. And, you know, what would, what would, 90, what would a 90s best of be without, you know, A, death metal, but B, bolt thrower in particular? So Excellent. All right. Uh, okay, over to me here. My number eight. 1997, Grip Inc., Nemesis. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, love these guys. So, uh, yeah, this was a tough call between this and uh, Power of Inner Strength, their debut album. But mm-hmm. uh, Okay. Yeah, you can't go wrong either way. I mean, big, rich, sound, heavy. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, just, uh, and if, if I'm not wrong, is this Lombardo's first yes. uh, after Slayer? Mm-hmm. Yep. So, yeah. Lombardo in there, I mean, he, he's going to lift up any band that he's in. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Montag. Yeah, drum chopped up. I saw them on that tour. On that, yeah, on that tour. Oh, nice! nice. Like, I love you, Dave. Dave. And he's like, well, <laughs> it was like, where was it at? It was downtown. It was in the uh, oh, Peabody's. 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 There was yeah. nobody there. We got there about mm-hmm. uh, well, a little early, and there's wow. Baltimore Sorcha in the corner. Yeah, we got to speak to him. Really and cool guy. Talking for like really an hour, nice. just hanging in. Yeah. yeah, coolest guy ever. You That's know? awesome. That's yeah. where I yelled to Dave on the stage. I went, Dave, I want to have your baby. And I saw him look down. I'm like, he saw me. He heard I love me. You, Dave. He acknowledged <laughs> me. Yeah, Dave, I love you. Right. So I'm sure he wanted to get the fuck out of Cleveland. <laughs> oh, yeah. Before he got raped or something. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that big guy baby. wants me. <laughs> Great show, though. That's one. a good album, man. Good Great album. choice. Yeah, yeah, great album. Gus, Gus Chambers vocals, uh, just mm-hmm. awesome power yeah. metal voice. It's got some, yeah. you know, it picks up from their first album and does some interesting things. Is that the one with the mm-hmm. scream at the sky? Yeah, yep. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, just really rusty, interesting. Rusty drum. nail, yeah. rusty nail. Yeah, just really mm-hmm. great album. Great album. Yeah, love the love those guys, Grip Inc. So yeah, Chop Top, you're eight. Or no, I'm sorry, oh, we're going into seven now. Seven. Yes. Um, I might get some flack for this, but 1998's Godsmack self-titled. Um, still, to me, the best. No, kidding. Uh, <laughs> it's a great album. Uh, I picked up this album. I, I didn't hear anything about them. Never heard a song from them. Just, uh, you know, just pick up an album. Oh, I'm going to get a new album. And I just love it. It's very Alice in Chains-y mm-hmm. in their sound in some ways. Um, I really like, uh, of course, you know, Moon Baby, uh, whatever. Their classic single. Keep away, time bomb, get up, get out, voodoo. It's probably the most Alice in Chainsy kind of song that you could attribute to. And they put on a good show. I saw them at one of the Ozfest, and they were on main stage, I believe, during this album. And it was just crazy. People were picking up mud and form. It looked like mosquitoes in the air. It was just totally covered <laughs> the whole bit of the lawn with just flying sod everywhere and stuff. But man, well, it was just it was cool. like that once. Yeah, yeah, it was just really uh, just different. Heavy, but it had some similarities yet to um, some Allison Chains, which that was my number uh, seven. Yeah, nice. Yeah, those guys early on grabbed my attention, too. And uh, I don't know. I got bored with them pretty quick, I think. But uh, you're right. Uh, Great album. That was a, yeah, I don't know. I just, I I fizzled out. Still their best. Yeah, their best album. Mm -hmm. Kind of like uh, the Creed of uh, a heavier, (laughs) a heavier Creed. (laughs) You know, you just, after a while, you're like, oh, okay. Can you take me? I'm gonna take you higher right now. (laughs) My number seven pick, 1994, Testament Low. Oh yes, man. Chuck Berry, his voice. I heard this, and then Low, I think, is my favorite track on the album. I mean, it's a good album. Uh But then Low, when they hit that chorus, it just Uh makes me want to headbang all the way down to my abs. I'm like, oh fuck, I'm feeling it. My God. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, low hail Mary, trail of tears, another great ballad about the, the plight of yeah. And this is coming off of Souls of Black, uh, the right. ritual, right. so some really right. commercially yeah, the, the, the ritual, driven uh, albums. It was, it, I think, the ritual, yeah. and then they, yeah. they 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 Chuck Billy went more death metal. <laughs> now, see, I, I prefer Chuck Billy singing vocals than I do his death metal vocals, but he he found he, nowadays he's found a happy medium between like classic yes. Chuck Billy and, oh, and yeah. cool ultra mm-hmm. tough sound and Chuck Billy. Uh, because I, I I picked up uh, the gathering before uh, any of the other ones, and the gathering the riffs are fucking Fuck. stupid on and, that record. And again, Dave Lombardo on the drums. You just yeah. got me excited. The gathering, yeah, the yeah. gathering. Dave Lombardo, Love so, yeah. that. Oh, yeah. Wow, yeah, yeah. Lombardo. Yeah, I mean, and one of my favorite uh, tracks on Low, other than Low, is uh, Yuratsuko Doji. 
I mean, anytime yeah. you write a song about hentai and ten- <laughs> tentacle porn, I'm there. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just got to make a top ten list somewhere. Uh, so, yeah, that's mine. Testament low. It yeah. was the first transition to that super heavy sound. I mean, Testament's been good. But I didn't man, like, they you know, do it well. Black, but, oh, yeah, they that are, revitalized they uh, Testament big yeah. time. They just get better and, and better every. They record. got heavier with Demonic after that. Yeah, which is yeah, exactly. Brutally heavy album. But, yeah. That was Fantastic their death metal stuff. album there for sure. Oh, yeah. Vic, Vic, mm. on to your number seven. Is it what number are we on? Seven. Number seven. seven. Is it seven? Number All right, here I go. Another another well planned uh, list pick. I'm gonna go with uh, 95's uh, Osmosis, Ozzy Osbourne's Osmosis. Real, mm. uh, it, you know, it's it's it, that album's always stuck with me for a long time. I like the songwriting on it. You know, Perry Mason, and and uh, it's always been a standout track for me. It's, it's kind of silly, but I mean. It's cool, and if I'm not mistaken, it was one of the last with Zach Wild on it. I, I don't know if that was one that or the next right. one was, but he wasn't in the band much longer after that. And and then Ozzy completely fell apart, as, as far as I'm concerned, writing wise. I haven't liked anything since. But that album was real cool. It was like one of those like, okay, you know, this is a lot of money going into this. The writings here, I thought it was, you know, it's an easy start to finish kind of kind of uh, record. Um, my last favorite Ozzy record. I actually don't have it. I bought the one after it, and it had like one good song on it, and that's one that I was like, I don't need this for discography's sake. I'm getting rid of it because it's terrible. Um, but I thought it was a really, a really good, a really, really, really good record, and it was yeah, what ninety five. So there's that. There's my seven. Nice. Okay, uh, seven for me. So okay, I got. Uh, I'm gonna throw a question out. I want you guys to just. Throw out an answer. First thing that comes to your head. This is this album. This covers top, topics such as uh, depression, pain, anger, antisocial behavior, drug addiction, dirt. death, war, dirt. What is dirt? Alice in Chains. Dirt. 1992. Great call. Excellent. Perfection. Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome album. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's one of those albums that's like. Uh, it's it's more than just the sum of its parts. Like there's right. magic here in this album that yes. it spins it apart from just a good album, you know, to something different. Um, and th- this one definitely captures that. Uh, you can't really define it. You just know it when you hear it. And uh, I think this this album did that. So uh, yeah, I totally I agree. Change. Yeah, it is a <laughs> it is a near perfect album. Mm-hmm. It is their strongest so for sure. So depressing. It is very dark. dark. Very metal. Yeah. So. You know, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Junkhead and mm-hmm. and Dirt itself. Dirt's a great album. Angry yeah. Chair, you know, Wood. Uh, boy, you know, it's just and Rooster, just a, again, powerful, powerful. Yeah, Down and Hole for me is just like, oh god. That's yeah. just very so, funny. So, down and so beautiful. Good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good pick, Brilliant. man. Good pick, Slunk. Oh, thank you, thank you. All right, Chop Top. We're we're down to six now. We're moving Number right along here. Moving yeah, right we're along. moving. Uh, number six, 1991, Fate's Warning Parallels. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, produced by Terry Brown. He worked with Rush and some others. Um, great production. Top to bottom, perfect. It was the biggest seller, actually, in the U.S. For, I think it cracked, actually, number 20 in the heat seat for Bill. Oh, Williams. wow. I think they're still the, the most underrated progressive metal band. We've talked about them before, guys. You know, they deserve more mm-hmm. credit. Highlights, I believe. Leave the past behind. Life inside still water. My God, that riff opens that up. Um, the eleventh hour, a uh, classic live staple. They still play it to get today, and everybody just loves that. Can't wait for that to break in. And we only say goodbye, which is very personal to me. But uh, yeah, I mean, one of my all-time favorites, Fate's Warning. I like a, quite a lot of theirs. So, yep, that's my number six. And you're mentioning bands here that I have not listened to in ages, and I'd love to get back into, and I will. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's kind of nice. I accomplished more things today. Suggestions, yeah, you know? well, you, know, you guys have both been. Everyone's mentioned bands that I have not really listened mm-hmm. to much or at all, like mm-hmm. Thrower. I know the name. I've never listened to them. It's like, you know, okay, I'll I'll give it a try now. So that's this is this is what's so great. We all have our core and we have the right. periphery, and so I'm learning stuff. And like now, I'm like, okay, I got to try this out. So it's very exciting for me. Yeah, Fate's uh, Morning. Man, I haven't listened to those guys oh, in yeah. decades, but yeah, I, I loved them. Man. Still yeah, really good, yeah. uh, my number six comes from 1992, Black Sabbath, Dehumanizer. Uh, Dio comes back to the classic Heaven and Hell mob rules lineup. We got a huge sound on this album. Big, heavy, chugging riffs. 
um, Computer God, After All the Dead, um, Letters from Earth, which I just really love, uh, Sins of the Father, Buried Alive, I. I mean, it's just, it is it is bigger, like the, the albums that Dio did. We have Heaven and Hell, which is a great album, but it's a thin-sounding album. Then The Mob Rules, which gets all muddy, you know, heavy, and then sludgy. Yeah. And then Dehumanizer kind of takes it and expands it. Like, it's sludgy, but it's crisp. And uh, boy, I just I just love this album. It is a monster of a record. My number Very six. Nice. Very nice. Yeah. Vic. Number six. Vic. Vic. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and say probably uh 91's uh Night of the Storm Rider, Ice Earth Night of the Storm Rider. Um it's nice. it's 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 one of the better Ice Earth releases. Um you know, it was it was angry and scary and 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 you know pretty intense. You know, and they they John Schaefer was working towards something. You know, and and it culminated on that record. Um, killer art. I mean, it, it's it's like a Frazetta pre- piece, man. It's it's it is really it's, really it's, good. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a it's yeah. it's a standout record for me. That's my number six. Nice. Yeah. Okay, six for me. We're going to go back to Pantera. This is 94, Far Beyond Driven. Uh, yeah, uh, you, you mentioned Vulgar Display earlier. I think that was you, Chop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Similar. This was kind of a toss up for me, but man, Pantera is just, there's something, there's such an aggression with those guys. Like, it's one of those bands you put the headphones on, you crank it up, you just want to punch somebody in the face or. <laughs> yourself if nobody's around you'd be just as happy you just he'd always invite me over hey, you know Montag, when i come over most of this pantera let me punch you <laughs> i need somebody to punch uh yeah so um you know slayer is known for some pretty brutal pits and whatnot but uh man pantera can stir up some really aggressive pits mm-hmm. uh, anselmo is just he's a force of nature on vocals that guy I don't know how he does it and how he kept it up for so long. I, I thought he was yeah. all his vocal cords out in two years, but, uh, yeah. you know, he's obviously lost some, but he, he kept it up a long time. Um, yeah, he's definitely lost. He, I think he's lost it, man. Early. I mean, you're talking, yeah, you're talking he, at this point, he, he, this guy, man, to me, power metals, like the best Pantera record, that dude's voice was untouchable, unfuck withable on that record. And you know the and 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 he kind of changed it a little bit for Cowboys, and it was cool. They went, they did the whole like exhorter thing, and you know, like, and it worked for them. And yeah. you know, and but then there there is it, it starts to taper off. From what I gather, it was just you know the more the more the spoken it affected his vocals. And I mean, because now it's like his voice is like twenty octaves lower than any normal normal you know normal human's right. voice. And, and voice is really rough, yeah. really gravelly. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, man, Great Southern Trend Kill, which was after this, was yeah. some really ripping vocals, man. I mean, yeah, it, it took and on a top way. of that. On top of that, Slunk uh, Far Beyond Driven reached number one on the Billboard. Yeah, yeah. another metal. Yeah, album go figure. There. That's amazing that's a, that's for an a, album this aggressive, this heavy, that aggressive. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. It's pretty cool. And, for uh, yeah, uh, you know, lyrically, not 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 for kids. It was a, you know, <laughs> not for <laughs> children. <laughs> Yeah, you're looking no, for a fight with my this album. To this. Give this me whole a album is looking for a fight. We should change the lyrics to the, so they adjust to Mrs. Johnson's first grade class. Eraser, <laughs> punch. <laughs> right. So, yeah. Okay, that's six for me. Far Ooh, top driven. five. We're in the top five. Chop. Top five. Chop. Lead it. Number five. Uh, 19, 1992's Dream Theater Images and Words. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh. First time I heard. You know, heard that. Nice, nice. Um, I was a li- I've been a lifelong fan of, her, especially when I just first, when, you know, you open up with "Pull Me Under," I mean, that pulls you right in. Period. And it just that starts put him on the that put them on the board right there. That yeah. got everybody's take, attention. Take the time. Another highlight for me: very Rush influenced. You can see her that mm-hmm. in that song. Metropolis Part One. Uh, Wait for sleep and learning to live. Just mm-hmm. yeah, just a fantastic album. Mm-hmm. It's got me. Yeah, Dream Theater's so amazing. Fan. They just get better as they went. You know, oh, like yeah. the nineties and the two thousands is just one of those bands that it's it's they're not a passive listening band. You have to be actively listening because there's just so much. But they it. can do it. They do it too, but they still have good hooks in their music. They still oh, yeah. have you know, they'll stray off and go crazy and they always bring it back though to these really nice melodies, really nice choruses and you know, yeah. that so it doesn't become just a, a big slog of craziness, you know, like yeah. 
Jazz Fusion or something. It's, Although their their album, their concept rock Albert, opera album, The Astonishing, is a big astonishing piece of shit. So, <laughs> I, I disagree, but okay. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. We'll talk about that off the it's air. Better, Monster, it's but, better. But that, uh-oh, we lost it. Uh-oh. We it's lost better than, than Mind Crime 2. Well, no, oh, maybe yes, not. Mind okay. Cr- Boy, I that's a tough there. one. That's a tough call. <laughs> I will do that. That's a tough call. It, it wasn't my I favorite. I just found but... myself bored with that out, but we'll, we'll talk about it. Oh, man. Had some great tracks on it. Anyway, yeah, we're straying off the subject. So I guess we're going to have to continue without Vic. Okay. Well, that's too bad. But yeah, I'm glad you brought up uh, Dream Theater. My my favorite band of all time, period. There's uh, no question about it. One of my favorites. I loved Maiden for many, many years, but uh, I love Dream Theater. Uh, If I had to listen to one band the rest of my life, that would be them. Oh, I go see them anytime again live with all you guys. I mean, that Detroit show was... That Granted, was phenomenal, wasn't little, it? That we was were great. Like, okay, we got to sit down, right? Yeah. So, but, we're getting man, exhausted just show. watching them. Yeah. <laughs> they're playing their balls off. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. why do I bother with the guitar? Fuck it. I'm going to trash it. I'm done playing music, yeah. you know? Yeah. Uh, like, yeah I'm inspired to quit guitar now. Thanks, John. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. There's so, nothing you could do. I mean, it just, uh, it, yeah. They're just so good. Love uh, me it, some Dream Theater. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay, that was uh, that was five for you. Five, yeah. Yep. Uh, my, my number five pick, uh, nineteen ninety three, Carcass, Heartwork. I knew you you were gonna put that. I was gonna put that on the list. I'm like, I'm gonna let Mark have that one. I'm <laughs> oh, sorry, Montag. Bleep uh, it out. Bleep it out. They're, yeah. they're gonna know. They're gonna know who you are. I know who I am. Identity. Yeah. I'm like, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna let him have that one. <laughs> yes. Well, it, it, as you know how, how good it is. I think it is their masterpiece. Um, mm-hmm. I, I love yeah. the album afterwards. They did this, you know, the album came after this too, but hard work just focuses in and it's, it's, it's where they left that guttural, horrible, you know, from symphonies of sickness. I mean, just right. to something, which is more like what happened to the band death where they became more the melodic uh, metal progressive and, and really mm-hmm. evolved into something really stellar. You know, in Barry oh, yeah. Dreams, Carnal Forge, No Love Lost, Heartwork. No I mean, the whole Lost, album. Yeah. You can just read all the yeah. songs. You know, Dress Certificate, and, mm-hmm. um, Blind Leading the Blind. I love that one. This Mortal Coil. Um, just such a good album. It's an album I was actually just listening to last week when I was writing. I must have listened to that album like 10 times in the course of like two days. I just couldn't hear it enough, you know, and it's still, it's still a great album. So uh, that's my number five. Um, yes, sir. Since Vic isn't here, I think we should pick an album for him. I think just gonna, uh, let's pick one of our honorable mentions and throw that in for Vic. Oh, I didn't, uh, I didn't make any. You have any honor. Okay. I'll throw in an honorable mention for Vic. I was going to do like Donny Osmond Disco Train okay. from the 70s, but <laughs> okay. yeah, take that, Vic. Um, come next time, wow. fully charged. Great. You know, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I didn't keep any of my honorable mentions. I just kept it through a very tight list. Yeah, I kept um, my original list, my pre, my pre, yeah, pre whittled list. So but I have a feeling like okay. he would, he would, uh, he would throw something in there to the top five that would be really. Yeah, I'd, I'd choice be that we hadn't thought of before, you know. Well, okay, he wasn't ready, so too bad. He's gone. <laughs> All Tough right, shit. Be All ready right. next time. Charge your phone. <laughs> number five, <laughs> number, number five for me. We're going 1990. Slayer, Seasons in the Abyss. Oh yeah. Uh, oh, oh, love this album. Dare I say this is maybe Slayer's most accessible album? You know, it was sludgy. There's plenty of, you know, the heavy, their previous, you know, speed metal tracks. But, uh, uh, man, I, I like this album because it, they break it up some, you know, dead skin mass, real heavy stuff. Oh, of yeah. course, more ensemble just rips your face right off, right off the bat. Um, you know, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, not as pure speed as previous stuff. Maybe South mm-hmm. of Heaven was, a mm-hmm. little, you know, uh, departed a little bit, but... Um, yeah, I like the sludgier tracks on here. Expendable Youth, Dead Skin Mask, oh, yeah. Elements of Society. Yeah. Uh, I mean, War Ensemble is one of the heaviest yeah. songs they've ever done. Oh, my God. And, and it's, it's got that break, you know, that break kind of in the middle where it slows down at half speed a little bit, yeah. you know, but it's like, it's like gut. It's a punch, punch, punch. Yeah. And then and then Dead Skin Mask is just awesome. It is like it is creepy. Awesome. And yeah. Dark and, yeah. You get yeah. the voices, you know, hearing Mr. Keen, you know, you uh-huh. hear all that stuff Let coming me out in. of here. 
yeah, yeah. exactly yeah awesome. and uh i remember uh yeah it's the that's the tour that uh um chop top and i saw them on and uh, oh yeah that would have been a good that yeah been a it was show. that was a Guys, good show you and we can we hear can you. hear you we can hear you man okay, I, I have no idea no idea what happened i did not touch my phone that time uh <laughs> as long as we can hear we, you that's all that matters so. yeah we all right guys cool we can hear coming you. through, you're coming through just fine right and and then we uh saw them again in uh 2010 when they did the 20th anniversary of that album where they played it was them and and testament and megadeth and oh, they all played a, their whole a, albums of that bill. era so testament played what a what triple out, bill what what came out in 90 for testament uh, Souls of ninety. No, uh, Testament. Rest, oh, a Testament. Uh, ninety. That was, was uh, Souls Black. of Black. Souls of Black. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. like they played the Souls of Black, and then Slayer played their album, and Megadeth played all the rest of Rust in Peace. Yeah, they all played wow. their whole album. So that was that. Was I, I went to that show. Pretty yeah. almost positive. Yeah, I was went that, to that. Uh, Did we go together? We might have. I feel like I went with someone I worked with at the time. Yeah, I don't think. No, I went. I might have gone by myself at that show. To that show, I, I think Montag asked else. me to go. Montag asked me to go to that, and I couldn't make it for some reason. And okay. I really regret that. I was slapping myself in the head days after. Yeah, that was that was a that was a good show there. Oh, so, wow. Yeah, yeah. We are we are doing our number five picks. Uh, Chop top. Did you catch that one, Chop Top? My number five, or did you get get disconnected? No, I, I disconnected there after I talked about the uh, my my number five was Dream Theater Images and Words. Okay. So. Mine is uh, Slayer, Seasons in the, Seasons in the Abyss, uh, number five. So, And mine was Carcass, Heartwork. Number Chop four? Yeah, number, number four. Number four. 1992, Alice in Chains, Dirt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Enough been said Another already dirt. by uh, Slunkmeister. Uh, actually, it's more metal than you know people credit them for. Uh, I think unfairly they were put under the grunge tag. Um, yeah. I think highlights for me, uh, Them Bones, Damn That River, Rain When I Die. Down in a hole in wood. I mean, just yeah. actually mm-hmm. top to bottom. That was that was career changing for them and defining. Mm-hmm. I mean, you first had them come on the scene with facelift with We Die Young and Man in the Box, but man, this one was yeah. top to bottom. Everything was yeah. stellar. Yeah, I Man agree. in the Box kind of got people's attention, but man, this mm-hmm. the whole Dirt album was really uh, something special. Yeah, Absolutely. I agree. I agree. Mm-hmm. All okay, right, my, uh, my number four pick. Uh, uh, this was a uh, one that uh, Chop Top picked earlier. 1996, Merciful Fate, Into the Unknown. Um, so, yeah, we've all talked about it before. I love the Uninvited Guest. Um, I love Listen to the Bell. Um, if, I think my favorite track is, well, 15 Men and a Bottle of Rum. It is just, it is a heavy, super heavy song with great time changes. Um, and then Into the Unknown, title track. That's a really great song as well. So, uh, Dead Time is kind of funny, and, but a little tongue-in-cheek humor there, as with the king, always. So, uh, yeah, we've already talked about it. There's uh, my number four. Great. How about you, uh, Slunkmeister? Four for me. So here we have uh, Dave Lombardo making his third appearance on my list here this time with uh, 1999. We mentioned earlier The Gathering. Testament. Oh, yes, uh, yes. Oh, my God. Just absolutely love this album. Uh, again, this was their resurgence after The Ritual, after Souls, Souls of Black. Uh, yeah, so you had Low, Demonic. Mm-hmm. And the gathering, this yep. just mm-hmm. what a era of uh, of testament. They're 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 crowning achievements of 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 testament era or those three albums. Yeah. Um, when you think, I mean, you just think that, it just couldn't that, get any heavier, and right? Come just out that with, first track, track, DNR. Yeah, I DNR. Mean, right. My right. gosh. And I remember there, Slunkmeister, when you told me. I think you were the one who told me that uh, Dave Lombardo. I think you got a text from you. Hey, guess who's playing uh, drums for Testament on the new album? He's like Dave Lombardo. I'm like, oh, I, yeah. I Automatically, I was like, oh my god, this is gonna be fun. Uh-huh. And it is. Yeah, and it's he does an amazing job. Yeah, it does an amazing job. job. Yeah, so many great tracks on that one. Three Days in Darkness is probably my favorite. But DNR, the the opening track, DNR, uh, Down for Life. You know, just yeah, it grabs you right off right off the bat. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, Three Days in Darkness. I'll you know I'll breaks things when i head bang to that song <laughs> such a great track oh yeah yeah top of their game right there testament with the gathering so absolutely all right top three chop now top chop top top Number three. three 1990s megadeth rust in peace um mm. it's their fourth album 
I think, in my opinion, it's iconic, but maybe oh. their best lineup ever. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, perfection across the board, Holy Wars, Hangry, Lucretia, <laughs> Tornado Souls. Reportedly, Stain wrote that about an ex-wife or ex-girlfriend, that song. So oh. that's what I read in an interview. Um, incredible musicianship. Um uh, just maybe maybe the best technical thrash band ever in history. Hands down. So yeah, the the, the guitar, guitar work on that <laughs> on that album, yeah, is phenomenal. Yeah, the solos on Holy Wars, back and forth, and Hangar Eighteen. Oh, man. Yeah, Evan uh, Friedman, David yeah, Stan, Marty it, Friedman. Yes, yeah, it's, it can't get and any just better. Tornado Souls, that main riff itself. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So number three. Excellent. Nice. Excellent. Very nice. Uh, my number three, 1990, Judas Priest, painkiller. Mm-hmm. Um, they got a new drummer, and boy, can you you could tell that opening riff on <laughs> Painkiller, which yeah. I think is one of their best songs of all time. Uh, yeah, just uh, shred yeah. from beginning to end. Rob uh, Halford hitting those high notes like he hadn't hit it seemed like in a decade. Uh, it's kind of reminiscent of uh, I'm sorry of uh, of Nico when he joined Maiden and they let him exactly you know, eat Pumps Larry yeah, right. Just let him bring rip. us in with the new drummer. Yeah, and just that double bass really, really kicked him into a, another atmosphere. You know, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so so good between the, you know all guns blazing. I like Leather Rebel and Metal Mountain. <sighs> like, album. Yeah, between the hammer and the anvil, a touch of evil. Uh, it's mm-hmm. just really, really great. Um, the artwork is phenomenal, and it just screams Judas Priest. It just, uh, you know. <laughs> It's just like Spinal Tap. How much more black can this be? None more black. Well, how much priest? More priest can this be? None more priest. Yeah, none know? more priest. It's like yeah, absolutely. it's mm-hmm. priest crammed. And you exactly crammed in there. Well, that album actually was very inspirational for thrash. Mm. And you know, it's interesting that the thrashiest song on there is Pink. It's the fastest, fastest song, but a lot of people consider it almost like a thrash man. Mm. Obviously, you would consider that with that opening song, but I don't know. It's still it's it's priest to me, and I'm a lifelong fan. Mm-hmm. Of it's priest, but heavy priest, heavy rich. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. definitely their most aggressive album that they've ever made. Yes, especially coming off of uh, I think Ram It Down was the previous Ooh, album. Yeah, so Ooh, really, yeah. Ugh, yeah. Come on, who could go wrong with Judas Priest covering Johnny Be Good? Right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> boy, they made a comeback there. Mm-hmm. Redemption. All right. Okay. Uh, it was what number three? That was Chop Tops yep. number three. Um, my number. Oh, number down. I was. Was that? That was your number two? three. I've still got to do my number three. Oh, that's right. Number three. Right. Yep. Right. Right. Uh, for me, nineteen ninety nine, Dream Theater, scenes from memory. Mm-hmm. Or I should say Metropolis. Mm-hmm. Part I most chose that memory. one, Slunk. Yeah. Uh, hard. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. This album, interesting too. This album. So their previous album, and this uh, okay, uh, interesting topic that I kind of came across kind of researching all these albums uh early you know in the 90s all these bands these heavy heavy bands or even you know dream theater is more progressive but we're all getting pushed to be commercially successful make commercial radio you know friendly songs and dream theater was another band that went through that and we talked about testament having you know souls of black obviously getting pushed to be commercially Mm -hmm. you know uh more pleasant you know the labels were pushing everybody to be to you know so they could squeeze more money out of them i'm sure so uh that happened with dream theater on uh, um uh, falling, falling into, into infinity infinity yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah. there was a lot of tension there when they were recording that album uh to the point where they they considered retiring i mean they almost quit uh, oh, when wow. that album came out it did not get the commercial success that the label wanted so dream theater yeah. Kind of threw down the gauntlet and said, "You got to leave us alone. You know, we'll just quit." Right, and uh, they did, and the result is scenes from a memory. You know, because yeah, that's that albums. is not a good album. Falling into infinity. No, no I mean it's got its moments. It's still it, you know, it, Dream Theater yeah, it, does what they can, right? With being with forced into this, but it's, you know, it's, it's very weak not. overall. Yeah, and uh, you could tell like they took away the artistic freedom, like you said, Slunk. The record label mm-hmm. had their hands in that, and. Yeah, Although Lines in the Sand is get... one of my favorite Dream Theater songs. Right. Oh, yeah, Hell's Kitchen is a great uh, instrumental. Yeah. Despite you know? the label, they managed to th- you know put some good stuff on there. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Uh, but it was very evident that they were getting pushed into a direction they didn't want to go. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
leave them alone and they put out scenes for memory which uh, you know ironically was way more commercially successful than falling into infinity and uh, well it's a fan favorite and i yeah, know that they played the, the album entirely by itself and plus i mean the, the opening just the home that song itself yeah. oh like, that's yeah. home, that home that riff. right right <laughs> the dance wow. i love the dance of eternity you know yeah, yeah the complexity of that song you know yeah. mm -hmm. that ragtime piano followed by oh. metal double bass battle mm -hmm. drums you know it's just yes that album another concept album you know yeah. which of course we love it, uh, it's like operation. their pinnacle of success it's like they're showing look how what, what we can do they they mm -hmm. really hit it in in, a, in every way on that album and with the ballads the heavy stuff the strong story uh, uh yeah everything is just hits on all cylinders on that album it mm -hmm. is there's a little something for everybody on that album I think. yeah I think so. Yeah, it's a great. Yeah, I, beautiful. I, 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 I never got tired. I listened to the hell out of it, and I still mm -hmm. reach for it today. One of my no, yeah, that's the beauty of Dream Theater is there's so much yeah. depth to their music that you can just keep listening and keep picking mm -hmm. out new little things occasionally. You know, it's just uh, man. So yeah, mm -hmm. loved love scenes from memory. Excellent love Dream choice. Theater. All right, that was number three. Okay, top two, top two time. Oh, number two, boy. Uh, Slayer, 1990, Seasons of the Abyss. Mm -hmm. right. um, just, uh, it was produced by Rick Rubin. He did other Slayer albums at Danzig and Metallica even. I mean, horrible with the Metallica album, but uh, in, their, in their, I'd say, every, we have these favorite bands, right? And you got your three albums, but this is in my unholy trinity of albums in Slayer's catalog, uh, starting with, you know, Rain and Blood, South, and then Season. Um, but yep. man, the highlights, um, War Ensemble, Dead Skin Man, mm -hmm. uh, the title track, Hollowed Point, underrated, mm -hmm. Expendable Youth, just the lyrics on that. So like, yeah, you know what you're getting in for, you know, so mm -hmm. based on serial killers and war and everything. And of course, War Ensemble Live, just to hear Tom know that <laughs> out is just the most <laughs> hilarious thing ever. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. But man, great album. Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, I totally agree. Yeah, we we saw them on that tour. That was that was phenomenal. Oh, so, uh, yeah. Well, uh, my uh, number two. We've already talked about it. Allison Chains, Dirt, and mm, nice. uh, we we hit that. I think it's just one of those albums that it uh, it it transcends. Like you said, there, Slunkmeister, better than the sum of its parts. It, it just hits on that zeitgeist, right time, right place, and still feels. You know, the darkness exudes from that album. You cannot but be touched by it. You cannot help it. And yeah. it just reaches in, and you still feel those emotions. And um, that's why, you know, Allison Chains has never been the same because, you know, Lane Staley just didn't. He's, his his painful addiction hasn't clouded their the lyrics anymore. You know, they're just not the same uh -huh. band. So some people say it's better. You know, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, just a masterpiece. And, uh Great album. We've all we've all yep. love it. One hundred percent. That was my number two. How about uh, how about you there, Slunkmeister? Uh, two for me. This is where Rust in Peace comes in. Megadeth. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. To me, this is uh, the best Megadeth album. Uh, I think it's the cherry on top of uh, early, the early Megadeth stuff. You know, before they would sort of transition a bit mm -hmm. sound wise mm -hmm. with you know Countdown to Extinction and on. Um, but man, yeah, Mustaine and Friedman here. Just this is guitar first uh throughout you know these guys just lead the way uh yeah i and i honestly can't hardly think of a more guitar guitar driven album uh than this one off the top of my head this is uh yeah so good so, mm -hmm. so throughout so yeah there you go rest in peace number two absolutely nice. that, that lineup was that lineup was lightning in a bottle yeah and uh, uh like i said yeah, arguably lineup you ever had me and uh, some friends from work saw those guys in Cleveland uh, <laughs> venue. We went out afterwards to a club, and uh, <laughs> we had our knockoff Megadeth T-shirts on that we had bought for cheaper outside. And uh, some people spotted us with our shirts. They're like, hey, you, you, you guys like Megadeth, huh? There's the drummer over there. And sure enough, Nick Menz is sitting there at the bar. Oh. So we went over, and uh, 
you know, hung out with him. We hung out with him for like an hour. Did some Jaeger shots with him, and uh, he kind of gave us some shit for having knockoff t-shirts. But it was the coolest thing, man. We just hung out with, yeah. Oh, that is so such a cool story, man. It was. It was a little. It was a lot of fun, you know, just to like, yeah, hanging out with uh, Nick Menza. That's a great story. Doing shots with with Nick. That was good. Anything come up? No. Well, he did. uh, I mean, like. Well, you with you know you and Jaeger. Oh, right? I, you know. no! Well, I, I kept my you, kept okay, my Jaeger right. down that night. All right, kept my Jaeger down that night. <laughs> Just had to check. Didn't know if Nick Menza wanted to write a song about it or something. You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh oh yeah! Great anyway. story. Mm-hmm. That's good. Well, yeah. Well, funny to... thing is, he, st- he was asking my buddies, like, uh, you know, he's like, uh, you know, how I can get a hold of some of the white stuff? Oh. And my friend was thought he he meant women. He's like looking oh. around. He's like, look, they're all over the place, man. It's like, <laughs> no, 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 the other white stuff. He's like, nah, I can't help you there. So yeah, Nick nice. was looking to score that night. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of <laughs> kind of sad, you know. Yeah, it was. You would think they have a road manager who do that stuff for him. You know, I mean, that's yeah, what he was talking about. Yeah, yeah. That's what Lemmy well, did. Lemmy for, yeah, for for Lemmy Kilmister did that for uh, you know, Jimi Hendrix. Scored his drugs for yeah. sweet no stuff. Kidding. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. how he. Yeah, that's how he got a job working for them. That's how he started. No, he's asking my buddy Larry if he could uh, get him some of the white stuff. So wow, yeah. that'd be scary. I mean, you wouldn't trust cancer. somebody to like cut it with something that would kill you. No you know, kidding. Yeah, just out at a random club. Like when I know the Black Sabbath was recording one of their Wonder albums. Anyway, they had they had airplanes flying from South America, airplanes full of cocaine that they were they were getting in, and these were being wow. f- flown and charted by the, the government. You know the uh, well the DEA. Oh boy, were flying in planefuls of cocaine for them. I think they said they spent more money on cocaine than they did the recording of the album. Uh, they used to sit around, I guess, at the tables with giant those gigantic cereal bowls of coke, and they just smashed their face in it, pulled their face back up out of it. That's how bad the habit for everybody. Yeah, and then you know, and back then it was all pure and the good stuff. But uh, boy, goodness gracious, trying to score that—that's that's crazy. Wow. Ooh, so that was uh, was that number two, two for you, Slug? Two. Number one. Number Chop one. Chop. Here it is. Ozzy Osbourne, No More Tears. All right. Wow. Um, A little surprise here. Possibly Ozzy's uh, greatest lineup since the Blizzard and Diary of Man Man era. I really Uh thought Zach Wilde was really coming into his own. Of course, he did No Rest for the Wickeds when he first came in with Ozzy. But man, the highlights, Mr. Tinker Train, I Want to Change the World, Mom, I'm Coming Home, the title track as well, Road to Nowhere. And I remember Lemmy actually co-wrote the song Hellraiser. Mm-hmm. Uh, for I think for Ozzy for that album, and then I think Motorhead went on to do it on, like Vic had talked about, uh, March or Die, right? Put it on right. that. So I believe it was first on the No More Tears album. But this this just I I just love this album to death. I never get tired of it. Um, this is I think one of his best work, and it ranks right up there with Blizzard Diary and Bark at the Moon. All right. Very nice. Uh, yeah, nice pick. Uh, mine, we've already discussed. My number one pick, uh, Megadeth, Rest in Peace. Um, I, I think yep. it is the uh, one of the best albums ever made. It's right up there with Operation Mindcrime as far as metal goes in terms of this album can, can stand up to just about any of the other record you would want to put it against. Uh, it yeah. is Megadeth's finest moment and uh, is just one of the best albums in metal history. So uh, just just an excellent record the production value the sound everything about it um, just clicks for me mm-hmm. here's my own number one and i'm stuck now I'm, I'm curious now slunk because uh-huh you, uh, like, i thought for sure yours would be megadeth as well so i'm like hmm right well I've, this is where i've got painkiller where i've got oh. judas priest here oh. i mean this is really splitting hairs between to yeah. me these are the two like crowning achievements of metal in the 90s mm-hmm. rust in peace painkiller uh, imagine a year where we have those two and throw in Seasons in the Abyss all in the same year. It's great. Yeah, hard, hard, to argue, hard to argue with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, again, we talked about another band coming off of these attempts at being commercially successful. Turbo in 86, Ram mm-hmm. It Down in 88. You know, they both, I don't know, failed, in my opinion, to achieve that. They're trying to walk this line mm-hmm. between mm-hmm. being commercially viable and being who they really are. And uh, 
Um, so, you know, out of that comes uh, Painkiller. They just threw it all, all that shit to the wind and went for it. And mm-hmm. <laughs> it, made, it made their best album ever. Uh, yeah. By far the heaviest, oh, most yeah. aggressive thing they'd ever, uh, ever done. And the yeah, sound um, is great, too. It's a great sounding album. The mix, the value. Oh, yeah. So rich and big. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah. Nightcrawler is so underrated as oh, mm-hmm. a breakdown. Mm-hmm. Where, and then it just builds right back up. And Halford's screaming and comes back back in and just pum- pummels you. It's like, what a great track. Yeah. Halford at the height of his uh, his prowess here. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, that rust in peace. Take your pick. Uh, but those are, I think, by far the two best. Great choice. Metal there. albums of the 90s. Great choices, guys. Yeah. Ah, I feel exhausted. Do we, do we have any honorable mentions? Because I have a few. I, ha- I do too. Yeah, go ahead, go man. Ahead. Okay. Go ahead. I start, well, let's start at 20, and I, I reduced it quickly. I, I didn't mm-hmm. keep so I, <laughs> Go ahead, Chop. What do you got? Yeah. Uh, well, I have about uh, five here, but Sabbath, 92's Dehumanizer, and Tear, 1990. Okay. Um, I, I do like the Tony Martin era Sabbath a lot too. I like every era of Sabbath. So, uh, and of course, I agree absolutely with Montag's uh, earlier things he's discussing about Dehumanizer. It's right up there with Heaven and Hell and Mob Rules. It's just mm-hmm. it's it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Bottom. Testament, The Gathering. Couldn't believe I didn't put that in my top, but wow, mm-hmm. wow. Um, Bruce Dickinson, Accident of Birth, ninety-seven. Man, oh. I toyed with that one too. That is a great the return album. of Adrian Smith. We saw yeah. that tour Montag. Yeah. That was and Chop wow, Top. What a show! Or, or Slunkmeister was there too. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. That's you were right. up there with the Odeon. Yeah. yeah, we yeah. all got yeah. crushed. <laughs> oh. yeah, we all got to hang out with them afterwards. That's right. It was yeah. worth it. I remember that road manager was like, "How many of you want to meet Bruce and the boys?" You know, like, "Holy <laughs> shit!" Like a stampede. You fuck yeah, I want to meet them. You know. <laughs> yeah, that was so cool, man. It's very um, cool. 1991 Overkill's Horoscope and Painkiller. 1990, obviously, enough said about that. I just, uh, I can't believe I did not put that around my top one or two. But uh, it was, it was another great challenge and uh, a lot of fun on this list. So, yeah, for me, a couple that uh, I was real surprised nobody mentioned this one, but Rage Against the Machine, Evil Empire in '92. I almost did. Uh, Freaking yeah. amazing album, man. I mean, you know, Great album, I'm not dude. like the hugest Rage fan, but you got to appreciate what those guys are all about and, you know, the niche they kind of carved out for themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, Morello on guitar, really creative, breaking, really creative. Yep. Yeah. But, you know, Bulls on Parade, Down Rodeo. Yeah. I mean, all kinds of good stuff on there. Um, also, another one kind of off our, uh, out of our wheelhouse, but Marilyn Manson, Antichrist Superstar. Mm. Uh, an amazing amazing album I, I, I don't recall the year off the top of my head here forgot to write that down but uh yeah that was another one that was uh yeah i, I don't really follow him uh, outside of that but that one single uh record was amazing uh and then uh i'd be remiss if i didn't mention sabotage another one of my favorite bands uh, yeah. uh, i almost Dead did Winter that in 95 yeah uh, yeah just yeah. Uh, love sabotage I almost put uh, Streets Rock Opera in there, and also um, yeah. when uh, Zach Stevens started them on uh, Edge of Thorn, thought it was a really yeah. powerful album. So that was mm-hmm. difficult. All right, I uh, I, I have won a couple. Um, it's it's a it's stoner metal band called Caius, and their album. Yeah, I don't know if you've ever listened to them, Slunk. Have you ever nope. listened? To them? Oh, okay. I just got into them recently. Uh, in this in this past year and it's an album from 1994 called welcome to sky valley so if you're going to give them a chance listen to the song called gardenia that's their opening track it is like it's like sludge doom metal they call it stoner metal because they write songs about pot and things but it's like a sludgy doom metal there's a couple other a trouble album i think the plastic greenhead i would also add in that list which is a great album but but yeah caius welcome to uh Sky Valley, um, if you're into the stoner metal kind of thing or that sludgy doom metal, they really, uh, that's a good album. Um, I agree with cool. Montag on that. Uh, yeah, check out Caius, man. Uh, I think their one uh, album at their first, their debut, they had an EP, but then they released Blues for Red Sun. And they had a song, Green Machine, just a classic Sabbath throwback and has oh, great nice. fuzz tone on it. They used to the amps and stuff. I believe they play the guitars through uh, bass amps. That's how they get that song. Oh, okay. But, uh, yeah, very interesting. Um, but I agree with Montag. Well worth checking. Great material. Okay. So uh, have we 
talked about everything we want to talk about? We've covered it. I think we have mm -hmm. covered it. Wow. Two uh, decades. Yeah, not uh, not as much overlap as I as I expected on this one. But uh, well, I got a little creative there, I think. Yeah, I, I like it. I guess I like the diversity of mm -hmm. uh, yeah. tastes. And we, we for the most part, we were very familiar with everything we picked. Um, mm -hmm. It's just like, oh, yeah. So it's nice how how those things kind of settle into our personal best where we, you know, and why mm -hmm. we liked it for what we, you know, we do. So mm -hmm. excellent. Well, this has been a tremendous show, gentlemen. I've had a good time. Sorry about Vic. Hey, man, power's out. I did get a text from him. I got a, uh, a message saying that, uh, there we go, Vic. He said um, he's going to buy a dual lightning adapter to rectify the situation. All right. So he said, okay. damn you, Apple. Go, Vic. Yeah, go, Vic. We're waiting for Tell you. Tell him now. to do his homework next time, too. <laughs> I got an app for not doing mine on the 80s, damn it. <laughs> ah, all right. So, hey. We're going to sign off now. So this is Montag, Master of Illusion. Chop Top. Slunkmeister, Master of Slunk Socks. <laughs> and you've been listening to Heavy, Heavy Metal. Metal. Horror. Horror.